in my eyes and then from your uh, testament how your life has changed and how, you know, you're just more blissful and at peace and whatnot and you're able to deal with situations even better. So, you know, I kind of say, well, I need, to, I need to start working on stuff like that. I need to start working on that. And so it started off with um, I got a book from my mom called Guys Create a Power, and it's a really good book, really good book, easy to read. I, get, I re- recommend it to everyone. And then Ms. Parker gave me a book while I was finishing a basket of power called The Four Agreements. Now, that book, for me, put everything together. Like, it really, you know, from a, it, because, you know, it was, I was talking to my mom about this because <laughs> she, 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 she is part of the problem with a religious book. And I was explaining to her that for me, and I'll let you um, talk about from your uh, standpoint too, Ms. Parker, I was saying for me, when I read the book, I, I usually read it with my uh, daily devotional, which I read every day, and I would pray. And so for me, you know, it's not a religious book. It's more of a spiritual book, and I think that the author, he basically wrote it so that it would reach mass, you know, across religion, not just a specific religious group, even though he does reference God um, in there. But because I am a Christian, I was able to get the God part from the book. And it to me, I mean, it just made so much sense. And when I was explaining to my mom, the first agreement is be impeccable with your words. That's what God's creative power is all about. That's the whole book's all about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's how you apply it to your life. But go ahead, Ms. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I, w- I was a little concerned um, about that before I told you that before recommending it to you because I know you are very spiritual and I didn't want to offend you. But right. um, spirituality is not has nothing to do with religion. It has to do mm-hmm. with just giving you another paradigm, another way to look at life. Right. Um, you apply that to any religion, any mm-hmm. of the uh, even meditation. You know, Deepak Chopra talks about meditating for some people who are religious could be a way where God can speak back to you. So you pray to God right. and tell God what you want, and then he, he speaks to you through meditation. Mm-hmm. So any of these ideas of powering yourself um, can apply to any religion. Um, right. And Oprah Winfrey was the one who introduced me to this book because I watched her Super Soul Sunday. And she's mm-hmm. religious, but she's also very spiritual. Right. Um, so she's able to balance the two and really use the information. And she, she meditates. She, you know, she's, she's, references other religions and, and mm-hmm. I you know, I just think that it just opens your eyes to seeing things from a different paradigm. Um right. and, and, and whatever religion you are you can apply those simple life lessons exactly. and simple life um uh, uh, messages to anything. Um I know for yeah. example the book changed my life and I tell everybody who will listen Read the mm-hmm. book. Now, some people may read a book and never get it because it's, they're, they're not in the place to receive that, and that's okay. Right. Right. But if you are in the place to receive a change, a different paradigm, a different way to look at life and improve your experience of, of life, it's a definitely a good place to start because it's an easy read, and it gives you an idea of kind of what spirituality is without forcing, uh, without you feeling uncomfortable about your own religion. Um, right, exactly. So I, I think it's a great read. You know, I, 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 I let people borrow my book. I've, I've bought people's books, and mm-hmm. I talk about the book whenever I can. It's not just that book. I read other books as well, but I think as an introduction, it's a great book, and it's a life-changing book for me. Right, right. And the four uh, agreements are um, being impeccable with your words, meaning knowing the power of your tongue and the power of other people's tongue if you agree with what they say about you. Um, yeah. You know, 
the gist of the book really just taught for me what, what really empowered me. And, and what, what spirituality is about is about empowering us mm-hmm. to make choices and create the life that we want. So sitting around right. waiting for things to happen to us, mm-hmm. we are part of creating what we want our life to be and what we want our experience to be. So what hit me with the book was he talks about how when we are born, we're not given the choice what family we're born into or what belief system they enforce on us. But as mm-hmm. an adult, it is your responsibility for you to heal from your past because he says to, in, in reference of uh, that book, talks about how, you know, at some point we've all been given, we've all, we, we pretty much have all experienced trauma at some point in our childhood. And it gives you the power to say, you know what, that's, that was something that was enforced upon me, but I don't have to necessarily as an adult, I can create my own belief systems. I can create right. my own way of thinking, my own life, and then create my own joy. So it's just a book about empowering you and saying, you know what, you have the power to not let these things forced on you, define you. You can really define your own life, and you have that mm-hmm. power to create a joyful life. Yeah. And, you know, I had a um... – after I, I finished the book yesterday, I'm reading a book, another book my mom bought me called Faith and Confessions, How to Activate the Power of God in Your Life. And I started that today. So far, so good. But I was when I finished um, the, four, the Four Agreements yesterday, I was praying afterwards. And I had an epiphany in the middle of my prayer. I was praying, and, and because there's certain people in my life that are kind of making it a little difficult right now. <laughs> but, you know, and, uh, and, you know, you try to get past that. But I was praying, and I started praying for those people. And then I remember saying to God that I love these people. And then I realized in that same moment, I said I love them, I realized that they are, if it wasn't for them, I would not be trying to make certain moves that I'm making in my life. So they were part of the puzzle that's getting Mm -hmm. me to where I'm I'm going. And so at that point, I was able to, instead of uh, resent them, I was able to appreciate their significance in my life at this point. So it right. became, I mean, and then when it hit me, it was like, wow. You know what I mean? It was like, wow. So I just thought that was very interesting because it's kind of hard to pray for people that you consider, you know, not that definitely don't have your best interest at heart, but they're part of the puzzle. They're part of the puzzle. Right, know? right. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, enough about that. I just want to talk about that book because I think it's a great book. I think all three of them are, and I'll post them on uh, my Facebook page, Stephen Knight. 32, so you can go in there and check out the books if you like to as well. Chica Allen, what's going on? Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? How's it going? Hey, Hey, Miss Parker, what's going on? Nothing. <laughs> Excited to hear A, a lot of something. I'm, I'm a bit jealous of you. You're tripping the light fantastic around the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to do more traveling this year, but um, but hopefully next year. I love to travel. Yeah, okay, I'm jumping in one of your bags. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Did y'all have a good break? Yeah, I always have good breaks. I get a lot okay. of work done. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So what's going on in the wonderful world of movies? Well, nothing, really. Um, <laughs> just to profess that. Well, so, you know, I, I try to pay attention to the box office, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is still number one. Ninja Turtles is still number two. This past weekend, and I, there's only a few movies that opened up this weekend, no new movie broke the top ten for box office, um, which is kind of a big deal for Hollywood in the sense that this is kind of one of their slowest years and one of their lowest box office years in a long time. Um, and I think that's just because there's not been really, after Guardians and Turtles, there's nothing big that's been coming out over the past month so mm-hmm. 
Um, that's, that's the only reason I need to say that is because it definitely seems like we're in a little bit of a slump. I mean, it is the slump time, but it just seems like, you know, any movie would have at least broken to the top 10, but we're still sticking with the same movies. And that, though, Guardians is uh, top movie of the year so far, uh, beat the Captain America movie, which was holding the top spot. So that's a good sign for Marvel and Disney. Um, and that's all to say about that. And now I did go see a movie. But it's a little bit older movie. I actually went out and saw The Giver after uh, Chike's review. And uh, I have to agree with him. It's a really great movie. Uh, if you don't remember, it's about this uh, future utopia where there's a guy that is the giver who gives memories to um, someone who is the receiver. And it kind of opens up a whole new world for him and leads to a lot of different things. And I know it's based on a book. I actually didn't read the book as a kid. Apparently it was a popular book. Um, but uh, it's a good movie. If you need to see something, and since there's nothing new that I would recommend at the moment, uh, I'd, I'd say check it out because it's still in theaters. Okay. Absolutely. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was great. Like I was, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, this, it, it's one of those movies that can pull the emotion from you, mm -hmm. and um, it's that's a good trick. You know, obviously, a movie that can pull emotion is doing right, something right. So I think uh, they did a good job with that. And a good trick for me too, like for people that don't review movies like we do, if you have a favorite actor or actress and you know them to do great work and they pick a project and their role in it is not really significant, that would be a movie that you might want to check out because that person invested their time in a project that they believe in. And if you like their talent, then that means that the project that they attach themselves to is probably going to be a pretty good project. Just yeah, a little quick. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually did go to the uh, movie this weekend. I saw the horror film As Above, So Below. Um, yeah, again. <laughs> uh, I went to go see it because I love the horror genre. Like, I love being afraid. Like, I love scary movies. I'm so looking forward to seeing what they have to offer for, you know, the Halloween season. Uh, this was the first horror movie of the Halloween season. Um, it, it, it was a fail, but it wasn't a direct fail for me. They did have my attention in the theater and because they did have me a little uneasy in my seat. Um, the movie basically is about uh, an archaeologist uh, who is studying alchemy uh, or the history of alchemy, and uh, she's following in the footsteps after her father, who was also the same. And he wind up going mad in the search for uh, artifacts. And they're looking for a, a particular stone that is supposed to, to be pretty much heaven on earth. And it was hidden um, in ancient times. And it's supposed to be hidden in the catacombs of Paris. So she goes on a mission to the catacombs of Paris, but part of the mission is that this particular stone is in the gateway of hell because you have to go so far down in the catacombs that you actually cross the threshold into hell. So the, her and a group of people go on this journey to find this artifact, and they're basically on a trip to hell. And... Uh, Due to the fact that they're in the catacombs, you're dealing with claustrophobia, you're dealing with all kind of fears that 
different people have. So while you're watching a movie, you're actually exhibiting, you know, some of the things that they're going through because of how it's shot. It's shot with a handheld, so it's very realistic, very uneasy in your seat. But the part that loses me is the fact that you're going on this trip with them, but at the end of the movie, and I'm going to tell you because, yes, I'm going to spoil it, it goes nowhere. (laughs) It goes nowhere. So my advice is do not go see this movie because it really does not have an ending. There is oh, wow. no twist ending. There is no like you know artistic guess. There is no beguiling. It's just no ending. It just drifts off into the whatever. Well, yeah, that's not good. Sometimes people put out projects and and it leaves you wondering. Adam, I'm sure that you'll agree with me. Why in the hell did you make it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this and I think one. there's a lot of factors there. You know, so many times they change writers or the studio gets involved and edits stuff out. I mean, I've heard about movies where just to change it to a different rating, they edit out so much maybe gory stuff or violent stuff, but it was important to the plot that now the new movie doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. it's, so I think there's a lot of factors that ruin a movie because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that could go wrong. So. That sounds like something happened there where maybe they just didn't have the screenwriter to finish it or they just did something. Maybe they ran on the budget. Who knows? But um, yeah. that's, that's disappointing. The premise sounds cool because the catacombs in Paris are always something that's kind of intrigued me because, you know, that's just, it's a whole subterranean yeah. world. Under and, and, and basically, basically the catacombs are, is an underground graveyard. So – the whole premise of it being like a trip to hell, it was plausible. Like, it, they had me. That's why I wanted to see it. Yeah, and it looks cool. The whole movie, you know, you had me up until the end. You, you didn't take me anywhere. So you took me on a trip to hell to nowhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very unsa- uh, unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Quick question. You know, the, what do you think about the upcoming movie No Good Deed with Idris Elba and uh, Taraji? Um what do you think about that? Oh, I'm, 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 can I say the word titillated? I am. I'm titillated about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, simply because Taraji P. Henson, by herself, is an acting beast by herself. Mm-hmm. And then you have Idris Elba, who's also a beast. And I want to see those two spar off with one another. You know, we're going to have fear. Mm-hmm. We're going to have drama. We're going to have anxiety. We're going to have all those good emotions in this drama that they're going to have to exhibit, and I just want to see them play. I just want to see them go to work, and I want to see it happen. She said in a uh, recent interview that network executives don't always get her, and the studios underestimate her box office draw. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. Interesting. That's yeah, it looks like a good one. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. It looks good to me. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good movie. It comes out September 12th, by the way. Anything else coming up that you're looking forward to? I um, saw a preview for a movie, um, Maze Runner. Yeah, I was just about to talk about it. It looks like it really, really grabbed my attention, and I really do think that it's going to be um, – it's going to have a box office draw. I think that they're giving you just enough in the preview to get you hooked, and, but I do believe that it's the, the meat of it is going to be in the actual film. You know, a lot of these films, they show you these trailers and these previews, and that's pretty much the film. And then you're waiting for more, and, but 
you already saw it all in the trailer, but I do think that this film is going to deliver much more. Yeah, I agree. When I first saw the trailer, when I first heard about it, I, I was like, oh, another Hunger Games style movie. But every time I see the trailer, it just kind of, I don't know, it excites me because, you know, as a little kid, you like to run around and play. And the mazes were always cool. Human mazes as a kid were always cool. So this, it just kind of is kind of a, intrigues me a little bit. And I think you're right. It'll be a good one. And I think it'll do good. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Adam Chinky, as always, thank you. Thank you, brother. Have a good week. All right. Hey, Rob, what's going on? Yo. I know we have a lot to talk about in sports. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Where do you want to start? First of all, um, I wanted to um, just give my condolences to – the um, Joan Rivers family, like Joan Rivers, was yes. funny as yes. hell to me. I thought she was mm-hmm. she was just amazing. So um, and I'm I'm still stunned that like she's actually gone. So shout out to Joan Rivers, rest in peace. And, and, I, to her and I thought about that why you said it because um, you know she seemed to be healthy for her age. You know she had, she had the show yeah. before the um, the day before the, her procedure. It wasn't surgery, with the procedure. It was the outpatient procedure. And she had something booked for the go day to after. Right. right. And she, the night before she had gone to dinner, I was, and what it, I thought about because you just never know when your time is up. Like, even know. though she was 81 years old, she still had a full schedule. And I was, watching something, I was watching something yesterday. I think it was um, Oprah's Life Class, and it was saying that, or maybe I was reading something. It, wasn't, it, was, it might have been the four, the four agreements, but it was saying that if you, if you knew that you had one week left to live, if you're going to die in a week, um, you have two options. You could either, woe is me, I'm about to die in a week, or you could do everything you want to do that you always want to do in that week. And so we should live our life like we don't know when we're going to die. You know what I mean? And I just thought yeah. about her because you know, she had a full schedule, and then seven days later after an uh, uh, procedure, she was, uh, you know, gone. So definitely uh, my thoughts are with her family and her, uh, especially her daughter and her, her grandson and, and her fans all over yeah. the country. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All absolutely. Right. Um, definitely missed. Definitely missed. All right. To the um, to the fight. I guess you mean well, not fight to the. I guess to the video that's been seen. Oh my gosh. Probably almost as many times as the Jay Z. Beyonce <laughs> salons elevate. First of all, what's with these elevators, man? Damn. Someone, someone said they're gonna take the steps from now on. They, it, this is not safe. <laughs> it's not safe. It is not safe. Is it because the elevators like it's like such a tight, like tight space, and once those doors close, people just get crazy and stupid. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. But yeah, so we all, I'm sure, we all either have have seen this video today or at least have heard of this video. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray Wright's elevated knockout video of his then-fiancé, Janae Palmer, now Janae palmer Rice. Because um, they yeah. got married a month, a month after that happened, right? Month yeah, after. which which was kind of suspect right there. That, to me, says it. That says it all. Um, why? What are your thoughts? Okay. Um Okay, 
seeing what I saw today, man. It, okay, I'm actually I'm actually playing it right now on my iPad, and just seeing them walking into the elevator and everything. And again, we don't know what's being said, but okay, she mm-hmm. she she um pushes like she she hits them in his face as they're walking towards the elevator. I saw that, but we don't know if that was a playful hit or. What? But she reaches her hand out and like kind of like slaps him, whatever. But it looks playful. Then he's she pushes him away in the elevator, and he pushes her. I guess maybe he was saying something. And it looks like she might have spat at him or something, or maybe she was upset that he pushed her, and she kind of was like, you know, once you're angry, you might be cussing, and some of your spit might end up coming out of your mouth and not on purpose. You know, it might have just been an accidental little spray, whatever. And then he just hauls off and just, bam, Mike Tyson down, you know. And then seeing how her head hit the bar in the elevator, mm-hmm. yeah, it, he's actually fortunate that she didn't, that, like, she's not dead or Paralyzed, brain damage, or anything. I mean, that was severe. That was really severe. What um, he and, did. And then a, a lot of people, it you know, obviously the hit in itself was enough. But a lot of people are were just like, how could he just drag her out? You know, what I mean, that's a strong man. He could pick her up. He dragged her out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out, yeah. Out. And that, that really yeah. yeah. I'm upset. Yeah, with that, I'm upset the fact that he's not like, yo, babe, wake up. I'm sorry, not like nothing. He's he's not trying to call the ambulance yeah. or mess because she's uncon. Any, I'm sorry. She looks like she's light. She, she's yeah. lifeless. I mean, of course, a lot, but she's unconscious, just done. Mm-hmm. I'm calling the police. I'm calling the ambulance, whatever. But to me, it seemed like he he was more concerned about his image and about what other people would. He had to me no concern for, for her at all. And of course. He didn't, cause he punched her. He knocked her out. I mean, he he punched. And the way, and as hard as he punched her, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that he's out the league. I hope that this is a life ban. Um, this to me was not the first time that he's hit her. I don't know Ray Rice, so people please don't be coming to me. Well, you don't know Ray Rice. I know I don't know Ray Rice, but Mm -hmm. to me, if if you're that bold to hit someone in public, <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, he's done it before. Just like when people were saying Solange has probably hit Jay-Z before in the past, you know, has probably hit him, but I believe that. Like, I, I don't just, I, I, that to me just doesn't seem like something that just out of, like, nowhere. No, there's been some confrontation. There's been some physical going on in the past, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm questioning her, though, his his wife, Janae, I'm, I'm questioning. I'm not. She's the victim. I'm not blaming, placing blame on her at all. Right. I'm, I'm just questioning why would she, you know, marry a man that that could have killed her? And I just want to know, like, what's her rationale? Does she is she scared of him? Does she does she fear that if she didn't marry him, that there would be more more confrontation? And I wonder how she feels right now, knowing that now the video leaked. Yeah. Now that the video is out, is I, I actually fear for her safety. Like I kind of feel mm-hmm. that if if she has any men in her family, whether it's her father, whether it's brothers, uncles, male cousins, I feel like they kind of need to just 
get her like, baby, we're getting out of this situation right now. Let's let everything cool off. You and Ray need a, a break. Ray needs to get some help because Ray, Ray should have also, knowing I have so many feelings right now because in that press conference he's just sitting there like, like he didn't do anything really wrong, knowing that mm-hmm. he punched her like that. And she's just sitting there in that press conference looking very uncomfortable, yeah. um, scared. She looks scared. She looks confused. All, I mean, just a lot of emotions going on. But I, I kind of feel that he should have manned up like, you know what, I'm going to take a break from football. I'm going to take a year leave of absence myself before the league even did anything, before the Ravens even had to do anything. He should have manned up before this video came out and just like, yo, I'm just going to take a year off. I need to get some some counseling for myself. I need to get some therapy. I Because Ray needs there's, – there's, there's some major issues going on there with him, and he needs help. He definitely needs help yeah. because yeah. this can easily become a murder type of thing. I'm not saying Ray's a murderer. Y'all, please don't, don't think I'm saying that. But it, could, but it can easily get to that. You know, it can, it can get to that. Yeah. Jay Simpson. You know, O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. y'all. I mean, there's, there's, you know, he was abusive to his, to his deceased wife. You know, he was very abusive. There's, it's, it's public knowledge. So, right. Um, yeah. And 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 there's other cases where men have, you know, beaten beaten their women, beaten their wives and, and girlfriends, and then end up killing them. So, yeah, I just, mm, it's wow. Mm, and I think just seeing that video really just shocked everybody because you know you you saw the footage. Previously, of him dragging her out there, but you didn't see the actual hit. Did that actual, and then actual it, punch? Yeah, it, it was like wow, yeah. the punch. Yeah, the punch. Yeah, I'm like, dude, why can't you just grab her shoulders? Why can't you just give her a hug? I mean, you are this big muscle football pro player. You are full of of aggression and 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 testosterone and muscle right. and 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 you you didn't have I mean bam bam I mean he just pop 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 just boom gone yeah 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 yeah, yeah. is Miss Parker on the line because I, I would like to to hear her um her point of view from she's Miss Parker yeah I'm here he, everyone have you seen the um, video my the point of view on the whole him yeah. being suspended. Yeah, and with the video, you know, everything, yeah, with the punch and all that stuff. You know, obviously, I think that um, domestic violence is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I also do hold both parties responsible because I think that we're all adults. And mm-hmm. you allowing yourself to be hit is self-abuse. And mm-hmm. And that's all question her right. Like why is she staying? Like what you know. Right, right. You allowing yourself to be hit and staying is 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 showing him how to treat you. That's just yeah. my point of view regarding the fact that she's still with him and she married him. Now yeah. as far as his punishment, I think that every to every action there's a consequence. Whether it's a good action, you do a good thing, you get good consequences. You do bad thing, you get bad consequences. Every action has a consequence. So Whatever his consequences are, he needs to just, it is what it is. Um, I don't think anything is too severe or anything is, I think what he needs to do is just man up and accept whatever his punishment is. Um, 
Now, as far as him being banned for life, which I read recently, I'm yeah. not sure because I'm not sure how taking away his livelihood, and that's probably the only thing he knows how to do. I hate to say that. I don't know how taking away his livelihood is going to benefit anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that he should probably be um, forced to go into some type of counseling. She should be as well. And then he should probably be be a mandatory thing where he speaks to other people who are going through the next violence, mm-hmm. implement some type yeah. of program. Supposedly this is something that happens quite often in the league. Implement some type of program because these guys are being hit in the head. So you never know if he even has a, a mm-hmm. mental, you know, there might right. be a mental thing going on with him. Um, I know that a lot of them having concussions year after year. They start to lose certain functions in their mind. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a complicated situation, and I think the league should look more into it than just say, you know what, he's a horrible person, ban him for life. Yeah, well, his actions were horrible, horrible. I couldn't even watch it. I watched it one time, and I was just like, really? Yeah. I just can't even imagine. Like, he hit her where she just completely passed out. Gone, her head gone. hit the roof mm-hmm. in the elevator. Yeah, she hit the was rail. completely yeah. out. Like he hit her yeah. like a man. So I'm saying something else is going on with him where he needs treatment. It's not there's nothing that no one does that. No one just hits somebody cold out, especially somebody you love that you're gonna marry and, and the that person of your child, whoever's yeah. going to hit and yeah. something is wrong with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he needs some type of treatment as well. I think it should be looked at more on a deeper level than just saying, you know what, he's a horrible person, cast him aside or whatever. Obviously, he needs help, and I think to avoid any further situations with him, even if it doesn't have to do with her, they have to look into providing that help or, or ma- making it mandatory for him before he goes back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because um, he has a daughter. He he and, and his wife just have a daughter, and Lord forbid, I would hate for his daughter to grow go through that same situation with, the, with, uh, with her boyfriend or husband punching her. Like, I'm sure he would... He would hate that. He would hate that. So I, I would just think that he and to his wife, like she should want to set an, an example for her daughter to not be in want to stay in a situation where she's abused. So I hope that they think for their daughter's sake also, and and both of them get some, you know, get, get some counseling, get get some therapy, get some help, get some family counseling, and yeah. and um, also raise yeah, and the league should also look into these concussions and see what what's going on there. Um, the life ban, maybe not life, but definitely at least a year. He definitely needs to be out the league for at least a year, I maybe think that two years. Getting treatment. Yeah. 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 But but not just sitting out. Like he needs to be yeah getting some therapy, getting treatment, um, right. taking sensitivity training. Um, I swear that's not counseling. normal. <laughs> that's yeah. Not normal. Uh, yeah. Normal. Yeah. That's not normal. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To Bruce Levinson. Bruce Levinson. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yo yo yo. I'm sorry, y'all. Everybody, y'all have a good night. No, no. Um, I'll tell you. Move on to Bruce oh. Levinson. Let it off, coach. Oh, okay. No, bad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, Bruce Levin. Um. Gosh, how can I say this, yo, without sounding? I, what he said was. I kind of get what what he was saying. I know. It's, you he know what I'm saying? I kind of get what he said. He wasn't upset about it. I wasn't upset about it. He sent an email explaining why he believed that the, yeah. uh, the uh, sales were down, the ticket sales were down. 
even like the concession, all that was down. And he was saying because yeah. people who usually buy the most tickets are Caucasian men, late 30s to early 40s. Those are the ones that usually buy the, the most tickets. And he was saying that because 7% of the people that were coming were African American, mm-hmm. it was kind of, it was kind of, um, it was scaring the people from coming. He was saying that he thinks that in the deep, in the South, and you know, in Atlanta, Georgia, that mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, uh, he said, he said it's a lot, he, he felt like a lot of white people are kind of racist, maybe not, but they're a little intimidated. Or un- uncomfortable. Some of them uncomfortable. are uncomfortable, uncomfortable being the minority amongst right. a lot of people of color, right? right. They, they kind of they're, uncomfortable. He said they were all black cheerleaders, all black staff. They play hip-hop during the, um, you know, Arena is, yes, it is jumping. Phillips Arena people who yeah. who are listening um, that aren't in Atlanta or don't know much about Atlanta, Phillips Arena um, can be kind of like the club at times. Like right. you, you right. can be twerking in, in, the, in the stands and, and making the clap and dropping it like a I mean, yeah, it, right. because, yeah, because the Hawks, with all the respect, they're not a really good, Team, they're not a bad team, but they're not an, an exciting team. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times, fans are actually at the games to really just go out on like dates to yeah. hang out, something to For do. Them. They're not really focused right. on the game itself, unless the the Miami Heat or you know now Cleveland, Cleveland's in town. The Lakers, if like the yeah. mar- marquee top teams are in town, then that's when Phil Arena people are, are kind of focused more on the game. But if it's just, like, average teams that are playing the Hawks, people are really aren't focused on the game. If I can just throw in my two cents. Um, of course. I, read, I just read an article, so I do agree with you guys to a point that he – I mean, he had a valid point. But I just mm-hmm. read an article that kind of highlighted where he went wrong, right, and I totally agree. So he is right. You know, the, the majority of the people who come to the games are black. I think that, that, yeah. that something shows about 70%. Um, and that he's he's right. He might be staring off because we're in the South. All those things that he said was right. Where he failed to realize is that the article speaks about where he where he missed a teachable moment or a moment for him to actually make a difference or make a turn to the right direction in that email. Where he should have went after stating those things, which are facts, he should have went to the point of, now how do I attract the audience that I do want? Mm-hmm. Instead, he implied that he implied that the African-American or black um, audience was less valuable than a white audience. So he mm-hmm. implied that he couldn't get tickets. Uh, tickets. He, black people did not have the means to buy right. season tickets. He also implies that the reason that we were going to the game is because we were getting free tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, then he also implies that um, the reason that the white people were – were not coming to the game is because they had a sense of feeling endangered. So, you know, I mean, some people say, you know what, this is what the audience is. So the article talks about how he could make a, after he made those statements about the facts, which were facts, which are facts, yes. he could have yes. turned right, turn in another direction and said, you know what, for years how we attract a more diverse audience. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do to try to, to try to make he didn't, but, in a sense, say that. He said he wanted. To, he, he said that he wanted to make it more diverse. He even said that. No, but he, he didn't he give a solution in his. I read the entire email. In his thing, he he implied that he implied that 
because blacks were, it was almost like it was a lost cause because mm-hmm. black people, the more black the game gets, the less t- season tickets he's going to be able to sell. He never said, instead of him just saying, he should never win there. Because yeah, he should missed a moment, a marketing moment where he could have even won this way because my audience is black. How do I then get black for the buy season tickets? That could have been another okay. suggestion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That yeah, could have been another yeah, suggestion, but he he never he never said he never said you know what year is what I'm gonna he he stated the fact that when he go to other games that um you know is is not is nowhere near that and he stated the fact that um Atlanta seemed to be the only place where majority of the fans are black based all of those things which is true and the article stated something that is very true white owners are gonna start getting used to the fact that black people are gonna come to games. That's mm-hmm. what's important. Do these things and we're going to show up and we're going to do it in our own way. Exactly. They're either going to have to get out of the business or they're going to have to get, find different ways of marketing that marketing to us to keep their business running. Period. Right. right. No, Period. I, agree. I definitely Making these statements is not going to be acceptable anymore. You, right. said, you said what you needed to say. That was a fact. I agree. I'm not disputing anything he said. Yeah, it's a turned up situation up in there. Yeah, it's different. But guess what? You are in, that's the community you're serving. You mm-hmm. either deal with them, find a way to serve them, or take your business somewhere else, or get out of the business. Right, Great. right. Well, this is all now. Change yourself. So, hey, Ron, real well, quick, we got to go. So, let's talk about okay. Serena Williams real quick so we can go. Congratulations, guess, Serena. She, she won the um, U.S. Open. This is her 18th, um, um, 18th. grand slant, like 18th major that um, she's won. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's now tied for for a fourth. Fourth place all time. She's um, a Hall of Fame major. I mean, just this woman has trans transcended not only tennis but just sports. I mean, she's she's awesome. She's awesome. So yeah, yeah. Congratulations, Serena. I mean, she won. She just went through the U.S. Open this year. I mean, yes. it was just she just yeah. She easy, easy. and and she's still. She she has so much energy and I mean she's gonna win this again next year I hope you know yeah. with no injuries yeah, yeah she's she, yeah amazing she has years of tennis ahead of her absolutely congratulations Venus I mean dang Serena <laughs> my bad Serena Serena Serena, Serena, <laughs> Serena. and um, oh congratulations Falcons man they came back yeah thanks Joe yeah. Yes, and that's who the owners of the Hawks need to study. Call Arthur Blank. He knows how to market a team for everybody, black, white, green, and blue. Everybody loves the Falcons because they are a mm-hmm. good product. The Hawks need right. to become a good product. If you have a good product, people will come to the games, black, white, green, and blue. They'll buy season tickets and have a good product. You better say it. All yes. right. Yes. All right, yes. everyone. And I'm Appreciate out. you as always. Have a good one. All right, y'all. Have a good one. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Before we bring on our first guest, I want to ask a question of the day. Go on Facebook, go on Twitter and tweet us, Stephen Knight Show. 
Uh, question of the day. When, when you start dating someone new, how soon should you bring them around your friends? We have some interesting answers. We'll get to those later, uh, but let us know what you think. Now, for our first guest, uh, being vulnerable in an intimate relationship can be a challenge, especially when you are used to having control. But New Orleans-bred, Los Angeles-based rising singer-songwriter, Kinkian, has taken the power back on the debut single from his upcoming EP of the same name. Please help me welcome the very talented Kinkian. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good myself. That's good. That's good. Good to hear that. We, before we yeah. uh, get into it, let's hear your answer to the question of the day. Uh, when okay. you start dating someone new, how soon should you bring them around your friends? Ah, uh, you know that's so funny that you asked me that question. I'm not one of the guys. I'm not one of those guys that bring my friends around my girl because you know, mm. you know, it's kind of like keep one of separate. those things. Huh? Yeah, you keep it separate first. Until yeah. you know that, like it's locked down the right way, right. then you yeah. then you then you bring them around. Then you don't want people to talk. You don't want people to have too much an opinion at the at the very beginning. Anyway. Exactly. I thought so too, but you know the majority of the, the answers are like bring them around immediately. I'm like, get too far crazy. But so. no, you talk about you talk about, you talk about them first, and then you bring them around a little bit later right. on, whatever you know. I agree. I agree. So you, you're originally from New Orleans, and I've been there a couple of times. The food is amazing. Tell us about growing up in New Orleans. Yeah, man, I grew up in New Orleans and all over Louisiana. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, magical place. What I can say is real majestic. It's magical, and it's, like, mysterious, and it's got, like, some, a swag that no no other place can be. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so how do you think that, you know, your upcoming – uh, you know, in New Orleans, how does that inspire the music that you're creating now? Um, it, uh, it's, it's so funny because the single um, "Power" is it's a jazz guitar, but it's jazz mm-hmm. guitar. Like, yeah. um, so I'm talking about. I grew up with my grandparents, my mom, my dad, and my family. We are very musically people, so we just go with the vibe and and it in in. As far as culture, we take culture. It don't matter if we going to the moon. We take culture with us, man. So like, um, so it's one of those things where there is just influence every little move and every little thought that I do. There's nothing yeah. I can do to deny it. It, it. it would make sense to not be to not have it. Exactly. It's so thick in culture. So yeah, and influence me 100 percent. So when did you fall in love with music and know this is what you wanted to pursue? I think I was born in love with music, man. My mother told me, my mama used to say that, like, she would come in my crib and she would say, she would be like, man, I think he's in there dancing and tapping to a beat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel like I was, I was born. I, I would, there was no such thing as falling in love. I think I was already, it was just a part of, part of me as, as a kid growing up. So how did you get started? I got started. Wow, that's crazy. I got started. In a gospel group, actually, a wow. little Catholic boy choir, it broke off to to doing some gospel stuff, and I was in the gospel. Um, I was in the gospel group, and we toured we toured around Louisiana and New Orleans and and, um, and Texas and um, all over the place down south. And I actually had a song on the radio with a kid, like in the gospel group. And after that, mm. they kicked me out. They they kicked me out. It's like you. <laughs> 
<laughs> gospel, bro. The musical director was like, you dance, you're not supposed to grind. I didn't know no better. Oh. I was just moving with the music. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, so after you, that, you turned we, up for them, huh? <laughs> yeah. So we met another lady, and she introduced me to a boy group, and it just kept going from there. So, yeah. Okay. okay. How was it like working with a, a boy group as opposed to being a soul artist now? Um, it's a lot of a lot of compromising, but mm-hmm. it's good. It's a great foundation. You have support. Like you get a chance right, to yeah. understand the way other people work and how how you're supposed to work and how you're supposed to work with others. But then it, it teaches you like like I remember we used to be on stage and it used to feel much better being on stage with like four other people opposed to just yourself. <laughs> Because if you mess mm. up, then you then you got somebody else that's going to take right. you know you take some. Right. Yeah, man. So it was it was a, it's, it's it's a good experience, and it, and it grew me for being solo. Most recently, you served as Nicki Minaj's music uh, assistant music director. How did that happen? Yes, sir. Well, I that that's great. It happened out the blue, bro. Is is a pretty inspirational story. I tell you about. I talk about it later, but. It was one of those things where I knew the choreographer and the musical director, and it was okay. like, just like, what are you doing? I was like, you know what? I'm, I don't know. I, I was with, I was signed to a major. I was signed to Virgin, and I got okay. dropped like probably about a couple of months before because the label mm. folded. And um, and they was asking me what I was doing. I was like, I'm trying to figure out. So then it was like, you know, you want to come and do this? We got this artist and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I didn't realize the artist was Mickey. <laughs> wow. Wow. So wow. I went in I went in and they, they gave it and I was like, Hell yeah, I do this. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's that kinda it kinda just happened like that. And I saw that she uh tweeted about your, your single power. She tweeted, I thought that was really cool. How was it like working with Nikki? Man, more inspirational than anything. She's a businesswoman, she's solid, mm-hmm. she knows her not she knows her game. She knows her stuff. knows knows everything about herself and people around her, and she makes you feel valuable. And uh, wow. and it's it's a weird thing that people got a lot of talk, but they don't realize that she works really hard and she knows how mm. to talk to everybody and make everybody feel great. Oh so, wow, that's real good. That's real good. So you also work with Will I Am, Tricky Stewart with Beats. I mean, how am I working <laughs> with this, this this group of people like these heavy hitters in the industry? So when I as I as I was trying to as I was trying to be a solo artist, um, it's rough, you know, out here it's, it's rough out here, right? So mm-hmm. um, I was I got a chance to get in the studio and write with a lot of people. Well, when you write, they bounce you around with producers, and and Will mm-hmm. I Am was one of the first first major ones that pulled me in. It was just crazy. Wow. I'm just writing, and I'm I'm a fan of all these people, so it was yeah. one of those things. Or it's kind of like an opportunity that you could not miss. And I just mm-hmm. thrown in there, and I just learned, man. And so many, it's, it's a blessing, though. It's, it's one of those That's like the best school, huh? Yo, That's like the, really the best school. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, let's talk yeah. about your, your upcoming music. You have your brand new single out now called Power. Talk about Power. Power, man. Power was written off of a whimsical incident. Like... I guess I can say it that way. My, mm-hmm. I was around. I have some close female friends, some, and then my mom's and her sister and and, and all of them. 
have this thing where it's like all my female friends, they like to talk to me about their issues and everything. <laughs> and I'd be like, Lord, hell, why are they calling me up right now? I don't got time for this. But I'm a soft guy, so I listened. And then I was in a relationship, and I was getting, and I understood. I was like, man, they all come up the same thing. And it's just a power struggle. It's straight mm-hmm. up just a power struggle of, like, they've been in these relationships for so long, and then all of a sudden it's like, the dude or the girl, whoever wants to react, not in the right way. And I figured it out. I was like, because I had to look at myself. I was, in a, I was in a relationship at the time, too. And I was like, this is just power struggle. So I was, mm. I, I had a session. I had a session. And I was supposed to be going into the studio just writing some more big pop records that I, I try, try to do sometimes. You know? Right. Um, yeah. And just we just picked up the guitar and I um with one of the guitar me and the guitar player, we just picked it up, started vibing out. I literally wrote this song, man, in probably about fifteen minutes. Just it was just wow. so fresh. It was so wow. fresh and the lyrics just came. It was like a freestyle too. It was just like Yeah. yeah. So it was everything well, that they were saying in it. Everything I wanted to say to my girl too. So Wow. And we'll definitely listen to that and a few other songs by you in our next half hour. But tell us about I know your E P is entitled Power as well. Uh, it will be out later this fall. Which we expect? Yeah. Well, you can expect pretty much um, some more tunes like Power. And I just put everything after I did that, man. We went back in the studio for about, I think, a month and just juggled around with different songs, just walking in there feeling I was in love, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was writing my experiences from um, from my, my relationship. And I just laid them okay. down, and that's how we came with the whole EP for power. So you can expect everything from some jazz pop, a strong R&B, got like the stripper, like this pole dancing joint on it, you heard? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and even to some reggae and, and stuff, though. So, yeah, it's got, it's just like myself is a gumbo of everything. Wow. Well, yeah. I know now you live in, uh, in L.A., so yeah. how is it out there? I know it's tough it's Hustle and out there, the grind out there. How's, like, you know, being from New Orleans and now being in L.A. and, you know, doing your thing, how's that, how, how is that everything going? I grew up I grew up in, in New Orleans, and I, we, we were in Texas, too. And then, then I okay. went back to New Orleans. I went okay. back to New Orleans. So I was a Southern I was a southern boy, but I was exhausted. I was like, man, I, I would go out to L.A. with friends and, like, in boy group stuff and, and mm-hmm. be out here around people. And, but we'd only be out here for, like, weeks at a time. And we had spent a lot of time in Atlanta and New York, too. Yeah, yeah. And and I was like, I'm ready to get away from L.A. I mean, the South, man. I'm so tired of the South. I went to L.A., came, moved out here. And I was like, this place is not what I'm used to. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's amazing. Everything, everything great for the most part. But I realized I'm a southern boy at true at heart. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 a beautiful place and everything and I will say that if I wasn't doing a business I was out here then I probably would probably be back down south somewhere or somewhere else like wow. New York. But but yeah. it's a beautiful place. All right. Well tell everybody where they can uh, keep up with Yeah, where wherever I can, you know, link up with on social media, website. Yeah, you can find me at um at Keithian at K E I T H I A N on Twitter and then at Keithian Vision on Instagram 
and which is the same thing with V-I-S-O-N, Keep the Envision, where I'll be posting some pictures. And then you can go to my website. <laughs> like and your website has links to everything. <laughs> yeah, you can go there and get links to everything else. It's pretty much www.keepin.net. So, so yeah, definitely can keep up. We'll, we'll be promoting this power single really dear to me, and then um, and then after that, more songs, and then I'm going to drop, we're going to drop the um, EP. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. I wish you nothing but success with the EP and the new single, and you got to keep in touch with us. Let us know what's going on, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much, and um, you guys have an amazing rest of the show, okay? Appreciate you, too. Have a good one. All right. All right. And for more information about Keithian, you can visit our Facebook page or links on there as well. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show. On EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. I'm going to read some of your responses to the question of the day. When you start dating someone new, how how long should you, I'm sorry, how soon should you bring them around your friends? Ashley said, ASAP, when you think it's serious, I want my friend's opinion. Rashad said immediately. Crystal said as soon as it seems fitting. Why not? William said uh, when it's right. There's no set time that applies to every situation. You know when to do so. If you always find a reason not to, then you're dating the wrong person. Tyrone said when I feel it's appropriate, I've never been the type to throw whomever I'm dating in with the wolves. And, yes, they are wolves. I'm not too quick to seek validation. Kenya said yes right away. Rico said when the time is right, but I try to do it ASAP. My friends know before I do sometimes. Kendra said three to four weeks to make sure no one knows anything I don't or hasn't had him. You know, you know, maybe a little dinner party. And we're going to continue. We'll read some later on, but I, I personally don't believe in bringing right away. I said, you know, let us get to know each other first before we bring them around the group. Anyway, now it's time to go on to Stephen's playlist. Uh, as you know, we receive music from people all over the country wanting to be featured during this segment. Each week we select artists to play on our playlist, and tonight we are playing both major and independent artists. And if you're interested in being featured on Stephen's playlist, please email us at the Stephen I Show at gmail.com, attach one or two songs, your bio, and one or two promotional pictures. And remember that all songs must be edited for cursing. Uh, I'm with radio, no cursing. And we definitely forward to hearing your work. Now, the first song is from tonight. Yes, we're playing several of the songs. This one's called Power. It's a brand new single, Keithian Power. Check it out and enjoy it. Smiling and making 
with you when you head off to your work day. But I keep it from you. These fuzzy feelings in my head. Wanna be honest too, but I'm not ready. What you don't even know, I'm falling down to nothing late. And you don't even see that love is now my motivation. So in tune with you. Your life is now my inspiration Open my eyes to you and the possibility
right? You don't need no Oscar, baby, I ain't flawless. Yeah, that no one priceless. The way you get the home, tell me I don't like a light switch. Make them say, whoa. See, I'm attracted to the top not and you. A girl like me, I like a tall dog, and you. Keep it a hundred, then we straight. Oh. The S to the A to the A to the R to the A 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 to
for you, I'll be a little crazy But you keep taking it back like you never did see No way that you fell for me Like there's something wrong with me Ain't that the way it's supposed to be? So maybe I'm the weird one Maybe I'm the weird one Maybe I'm the weird one Cause I wanna be
Girl, I'm on my way. 